Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode features an exclusive interview with First American's chief economist Mark Fleming. In this episode, Fleming discusses First American's latest real house price index data and what a rising rate environment could mean for the housing market. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. Right now, more than ever, the housing industry has been having honest conversations about how race impacts the home buying process. To heighten the discussion, Housing Wire is launching Honest Conversations, a new mini podcast series to examine the state of minority home ownership in America. For eight weeks starting in February, please join Housing Wire Daily each Wednesday as we aim to provide listeners with a greater perspective on how race, housing, and wealth intersect and what experts are doing to close the home ownership gap. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined by First American's Chief Economist, Mark Fleming. Mark, thanks for joining us again. Thank you for having me. Well, I'd like to get started by discussing First American's Real House Price Index that indicates real home prices decrease 6.2% year over year in November 2020 on the benefit of increased buying power. Can you explain what attributed to this uptick in buying power and how it corresponds to the decline? Sure. I mean, this is confusing, right? Because everyone says house prices are going up and they're going up at record-breaking paces. And yet I'm saying, wait, no, they're going down. And the big distinction here is that we sort of do our own version of what we would refer to as like inflation adjustment. Um, So think of the simplest example of inflation. Um, You know, your income goes up by 2%, but milk prices go up by 2% you can effectively afford to buy in what we call real terms, the same amount of milk because the inflation of prices is the same as the, your buying power, which is income growth. Um, but of course, people usually don't buy homes with just cash, they get mortgages. And so buying power in the real estate space is not just a function of if your income is going up or down, but also what interest rates are doing. So we refer to as this buying power concept is the combination of what you can afford to borrow and therefore buy as a function of both income and interest rates. And so if your house buying power goes up because your income has gone up, 
or goes up because interest rates have gone down. Even though your income hasn't changed, you can afford to borrow more, you can afford to buy more, and so your buying power has increased. And what's been happening is buying power has been increasing faster than house price appreciation. In other words, it's kind of like back to the milk analogy, my buying power of the so-called milk is going up faster than the price of the milk is going up. And therefore, in real terms, house prices are going down. Now, we know that this past year, it's not necessarily income growth that's really driven things, but clearly mortgage rates, you know, at all time record lows um, are boosting buying power very significantly, even though house prices in nominal terms are increasing quickly. Um, the end result, yes, is a reduction in the real price of homes. In fact, homes are about 6% more affordable than they were a year ago, surprising to say. It's interesting. Well, as mortgage rates continue to hover near historic lows, we saw a significant uptick in home buyer demand in 2020. So looking ahead in 2021, what type of response can we expect in the market if mortgage rates were to remain low or climb? Well, the, we'll take the first part, like remaining low. I mean, mortgage rates and the um, resulting house buying power is phenomenal at the moment. And because of the interest rates that we just talked about, and all the potential first-time home buyers out there, largely millennials aging into their home buying desiring years, that's not going to change this year. In fact, it might be even stronger than it has been in recent years. And you know, with all that purchasing power that they have, you know, that's great news. So the demand side of the market, driven by low rates and the demographics of demand amongst millennials, that's not going anywhere or changing in 2021. You say, well, if rates rise. Well, if rates rise from 2.7 to 2.9%, uh, it's still below three, which is way below the normal historical average, which is more like six or seven. You know, I can't see a world where we can fairly say if we have any historical perspective that rates are high, will be higher, will be high again this year. I mean, the word high does not belong next to the word rates this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on how mortgage rates move in 2021, how do you think it will impact either housing affordability or supply? So we sort of just mentioned the affordability. Obviously, that house buying power that has benefited from low rates will take some sort of a, um, a hit from modest increases in mortgage rates, but to the point of, well, you know, still phenomenally strong buying power because rates will remain historically low by any standard. So affordability should remain strong. But supply is an interesting dynamic because as rates rise, there's a what we refer to as a lock-in effect for existing homeowners. Everybody's running and getting refinances at these amazingly low rates. But then as rates drift further up, one, you don't get the refinance activity in the housing finance market anymore. But in the home buying market, that means that there's less supply. And you say, well, what is an existing homeowner have to do with less supply. 90% of all homes brought to market for sale are existing homes, meaning they have existing homeowners most of the time in them. And those existing homeowners are disincented to supply their home for sale because they've just locked in this amazingly low refinanced sub 3% 30-year fixed rate mortgage. So a rising rate environment, even modest rising, rates will actually exacerbate the supply constrained market that we're in today. 
um, because of this sort of desire, less desire to list your home for sale in the first place. Really interesting. Well, Mark, lastly, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to add today? I would just like to add when it comes to um, you know, rising rate environments, we go back and look and say, well, what does it mean for housing markets? And what we basically discovered was um, when you look at home sales, the pace of home sales, it's a mixed bag of results. Sometimes rising rates actually reduce sales and sometimes sales continue to actually grow in terms of their pace during rising rate environments. And that really gets to why the rates are rising. Sometimes rates are rising because the economic conditions are improving. And so that's generally good for all and the housing market. Um, house prices, it's even more clear cut. Practically all the time during rising rate environments, house prices actually continue to go up or to say it another way, don't fall. We call that downside sticky uh, because all those existing homeowners tend not to want to list their homes for sale. So uh, how's the housing market doesn't sort of collapse uh, uh, exception is the housing bubble, but most of the time, rising rates environments don't necessarily mean declining house prices and declining home sales volumes. Um, and that's actually probably what we'll experience this year. All right. Well, thank you again. We appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.